1: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This Thursday edition of Locked on Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, normally Thursday is our scouting report show, but we've seen the Detroit Lions already. We know what they look like. They are getting healthy at some key spots, and so that's going to matter for this game. But because the outcome is irrelevant, more or less, I mean, there's there's draft pick positioning here that is at stake. Acme Packing Company came out yesterday with a piece that, that showed essentially... Green Bay can get no higher than 12, and they would need a lot of help to get there. And in all likelihood, will not go below 19. And that's because the Jaguars have no incentive to win this week. The Titans are in the playoffs. They're, they're the one team that could also pick up that eighth loss. And so they would jump the Packers um, even if they won. And, and Green Bay would pick 20th. That is pretty unlikely to happen. Tennessee obviously playing to get into the playoffs and Jacksonville playing to not get anyone hurt before the playoffs and licking their wounds after Jimmy Garoppolo lit them up last week. So in all likelihood, Green Bay is going to pick 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there. And the difference isn't huge. So the outcome of this game is irrelevant. The Lions are going to pick in that same range. So this is really just about pride at this point. And with as banged up as Green Bay is, they're even more banged up than they were in in Week 16. So any any lip service Mike McCarthy pays to, oh, we're gonna go try and win a football game, it, it's just it's just not true. It's it's what a head coach says, and I, I wish they would be a little bit more honest. And in fact, I wish they would say we want to we want to see our young guys. But Green Bay is a prideful organization. They don't want to admit defeat. They they don't want to admit. That this season was a lost season? If you're a young team, if you're a 4-10, and 4-11 team going into the end of the year, and it doesn't matter if you go 5-11 and or 4-12, and then maybe you say, yeah, I want to see the young guys. I want to evaluate our football team. Mike McCarthy instead is going to say, well, we're always evaluating our football team. Now, before we, before we get into the first topic here, I, I do want to point out I mentioned this to a media friend of mine the other day. When Tom Silverstein and Rob Domofsky, who both cover the Packers with alacrity but not with any sort of hot air, write columns saying it's time for Green Bay to dump Dom Capers. I think it's a fait accompli. I think this is it for Dom Capers. This is the last game that we will see Dom Capers coach the Packers' defense. There's too much momentum in that direction and too many even-handed journalists, guys like Rob, who know the team and wouldn't just throw out a column like that without having some sort of knowledge of what's going on in the inner workings of Green Bay. I don't want to put too much credit uh, into that, but he he is not prone to flying off the handle with hot takes. Now that said, this is the worst season the team has had since 2008, and so maybe that has maybe that has ramped up the the take level. I don't know, but to that end, I wrote about this for me packing yesterday against Case Keenum, and we talked about the defense earlier in the week and and how much better they played than really they had any right to play given their their personnel and, and as well as Minnesota has been playing this season. But I went back and I watched the game again, and I charted when Green Bay was in man, some sort of pure man coverage, or or you know nearly all man coverage. There's there's times when they'll play just Blake Martinez if he's the only linebacker, they'll play him sort of middle of the field, um in a whether it's a a spy role or if he's just uh, he's got a running back in coverage and isn't going to blitz or whatever it is. We're talking pure man zone and then some combination because Dom Capers is a big fan of combo coverage that haha ha Clinton Dix near interception should have been interception was combo coverage and it was combo coverage beautifully executed I went on a a long Twitter thread that used some clips and some gifs and some screenshots from the game and and I hope you go back and, and take a look at that and, and it's it's dissection of the game in a way that I don't generally do on this show but that I do on Twitter and that I do on Acme Packing so Uh, Hopefully, that is something that that you can check out. But on Case Keenum's 28 dropbacks, okay? He only attempted 25 passes because he was sacked three times. 15 of those dropbacks, Dom Capers played man coverage. And on those throws, on those dropbacks, he went 6 of 13 for 56 yards. He did throw the lone touchdown, and he was sacked twice. 6 of 13 for 56 yards. Against zone and combo coverage, Keenum was 8 of 12 for 83 yards. And the sack that, that happened during that was actually not really a sack. Kenny Clark got credit for a sack, but he really just chased Case Keenum out of bounds. This team should be playing man coverage, and they were supposed to play man coverage. And I've been saying all year they should be playing man coverage, and they've had to beg to play man and Dom capers for whatever reason ha- has just not done it. And this is this is effectiveness with Josh Hawkins, with Lindsey Pipkins, with Isaiah Whitehead, with Morgan Burnett playing out of position. I mean this is a success against a very good offense against very good receivers. And I understand that they didn't desperately need this game and they didn't have to they didn't have to pull out all the stops to beat Brett Hunley, but they they needed to win. for Minnesota, Everything is still on the table for them in terms of what they can do in the playoffs, and and they needed to win this game. And so to just throw it away because you know because of whatever is stupid. Green Bay's defense played better in a scheme that they don't play enough, and that more than anything else is the reason that I don't believe Dom Capers will be the coach of this defense next year. Now I, I recirculated. The piece that I wrote earlier in the year about potentially going to a 4-3, I don't think that would take a ton of changes. I don't think it would take barely any changes, frankly, to personnel. I think Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are both ideally suited to play three technique in a, in a 4-3 scheme. I think Nick Perry would be better as a 4-3 defensive end. I think Clay Matthews would be better suited as a linebacker, rover, blitzer role. And Dean Lowry, who has had to play 3-4 end, has the athletic tools to be a 4-3 end. So I think when you look at this team, there there is all of the makings there of a good 4-3 team. Now, if someone like Vic Fangio in Chicago becomes available, that should be a discussion because I think he would be an enormous upgrade. I think he would maximize this personnel in a way that they aren't being maximized now. And I, I brought this up. There was a play, the one touchdown that that Green Bay allowed... Was a play in man coverage. Josh Hawkins chases Stefan Diggs across the field on a crossing route. He's in great position. And Kyler Fackerell actually gets some pressure in the face of Keenum. Morgan Burnett comes late from the backside and forces Keenum to make a perfect throw. A perfect throw. And he did. And Stefan Diggs had to make a perfect toe tap catch. And he did. That's okay. The Vikings practice too. I would rather see this team go down in flames playing man than the garbage, combo coverage, and soft zone. I, I, I screen grabbed this. There was a play. The, the one play that Thielen made was a 21-yarder. The Vikings sent two guys out on a route. Two. Green Bay dropped seven in coverage. You have to go find this screenshot on Twitter. Go to my Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Find this screenshot or or the article that I wrote about their defense that's in there too I'm not pimping out my work I'm telling you this is you need to see this screenshot two guys on the route two guys Green Bay drops 7 in coverage neither of the Vikings receivers are covered they're both open 7 against 2 and they're both open because that is that is the scheme it's incredible it's incredible and it's just at a certain point, something has to change. I tell you every day about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway, so why haven't you entered yet? It's so easy. It I couldn't make it easier for you if I tried. Your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. There is mountains, walls, mountain ranges of data behind the Pro Football Focus paywall, player grades, Player data, charting, tools, fantasy tools, NFL draft tools, it is all there, but you have to pay for it. I'm giving you the opportunity to not pay for it, and all you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, give it a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. It really is that easy.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's killer bread, it is the epitome of addition Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: Rather than going through the the Lions roster player by player, this is a team that that Green Bay is obviously familiar with. The fans should be familiar with it. T.J. Lang obviously played for the Packers, and I talked to Ty Schalter yesterday about it. Obviously, the Lions fans got the taste of the Don Barclay experience. But this offensive line is getting healthy. But what I wanted to do before I even get into that is is say this and that is we're gonna we're gonna look at the Lions from the standpoint of uh, matchups with Green Bay. Rather than just sort of go, okay, quarterback Matthew Stafford, what is he? Running back, Amir Abdullah, Theoretic, what are they? At this point, that seems like a like a fruitless exercise. Most Packer fans, at least the ones listening to this show, know more or less the Lions roster. You may not have been aware that Eric Ebron had been playing so well of late. Um, obviously, if you listened to the show yesterday, we, we went over that with Ty. But... This is still a Lions offensive line that has struggled to protect Matthew Stafford. Green Bay could not get a pass rush the first time around. One of the reasons Stafford ripped them apart coming off the bye. So Devon House playing hurt. He could play. Demarius Randall was a limited participant on Wednesday. He could play. I think you only play those guys for a half and then you treat it like a preseason game. And to the extent that you can, you put Hawkins out there, you put Lindsey Pipkins out there, who I really think is going to be a contributor on this team. And you just say, let's see what you got. Because those receivers are legit. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, TJ Jones. They have some good players. And I want to see the defensive backs match up. And I want to see them match up in man coverage. I don't want to see Marvin Jones running free. I don't want to see Golden Tate running free on crossing routes. I don't want to see them running free on slants, on posts, on whatever. Pick a route. I don't want to see guys running free. I want to see Dom Capers say, Josh Jones, you've got Eric Ebron, or you've got Theo Riddick when he lines up wide. That's why you drafted him. Go let him play. For all the man coverage that they played against the Vikings— there was still, because Morgan Burnett had to play on the slot so much, Josh Jones had to play deep. They had to play the safeties deep. And so Josh Jones and Haha Clinton Dix are very much not in the action. Now they they mixed coverage as well and, and they did mix things up. And it created it created some nice things. It created the near Haha Clinton Dix pick. It created there was one play where Morgan Burnett's blitzed off the slot. The Vikings had the perfect play call. It was gonna be a little receiver screen. To Michael Floyd, Josh Jones flies downhill, makes a tackle. That is what you want to see. That is what you have to see. And even if Detroit has their complement of offensive linemen, even if Ricky Wagner plays, if TJ Lang plays, I want to see Kenny Clark stack some success here to steal a phrase from Mike McCarthy. Let's see him go out and dominate another team. And let's see if Vince Beagle can put up some production. Let's see if Kyler Fackrell can do a thing. Eh, maybe not. Probably not. I don't don't expect he'll be on the roster next year, but maybe. Go get pressure on Matthew Stafford. Don't let him sit back and beat you. This game, for me, will be as much about how it's played in terms of how it is designed to be played by Green Bay as how it is played in terms of the quality of the play. I think it's important for both because I think the evaluation process is important, but... In terms of how I'm going to evaluate what I take away from it, I want to see this defense do something different than they did the first time around with Matthew Stafford. Not that not that I think it's going to save Dom's job. It's not. I don't think Matthew Stafford could throw eight interceptions in this game, and it's not going to. I don't think it will save Dom Capers' job. Not in a meaningless game. And on the other side of the ball, this is an opportunistic defense for the Lions. Darius Slay has ascended. As Ty mentioned yesterday, they have a they have a deep cornerback group. If even if Slay is the only sort of top tier talent at corner, but Glover Glover Quinn is an excellent safety. Brett Hundley can't turn the ball over. I want to see Brett Hundley have a bounce back game. Now he played much better than the statistics indicated. I mean McCarthy said this week seven drops they had. I had it at six. I can see seven. I. I if I'm remembering correctly, and I didn't, I didn't write down every single circumstance. I kept an unofficial tally. The Michael Clark back shoulder throw, I didn't count as a drop. I don't think, but I certainly understand how you could count it as a drop. His hands never touched the ball, but they should have. And that's I, I, Michael Clark is going to get a lot of opportunities to play in this game. I, I'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight in the off season so he can muscle out guys like Xavier Rhodes. Though, to be fair, most guys can't muscle out Xavier Rhodes. But he showed good body control, good hands. He did have that that weird back shoulder drop, but that was a perfect throw. Brett Hundley made some stick throws in this game. Jordy Nelson has to make that play down the field on the free play. Lance Kendricks had a couple brutal drops. Randall Cobb had a bad drop. Geronimo Allison had a bad drop. You look around and and Brett Hundley got no help. You got to help out your quarterback. I think this is a, this is a game where you want to see these receivers. I want to see Trevor Davis go make a play. The the this video was going around the internet. The Trevor Davis throw down the field, Brett Hundley. It is a perfect throw, perfect. He's getting crushed by the defensive tackle as he makes it. It is a dime to Trevor Davis, who has a half a step on Trey Wayne's. It is a tight coverage throw. It is a perfect throw. Trevor Davis never even reaches out his hands. All he has to do is just put his hands out, like if you're going to come shake my hand that far. Just, just start to extend your hands, and you catch it by accident. That's how, that's how bad the miss by Davis was, and that's how good the throw was by Hunley. I know I am here again apologizing for Brett Hunley. He deserves an apology in this game from his receivers. They let him down consistently, and they're going to face more man coverage in this game. Now, the good news is the the pass rush for the the Lions has not been anything to write home about. As Ty mentioned yesterday, it's been streaky with Ziggy Ansah, Anthony Zettel, some of these other guys. These are not these are not field tilters. These are not game breakers. Even hurt Green Bay's offensive line should be able to hold up because. Justin McCray, Lucas Patrick, these guys have come in. Lucas Patrick with with one hand, they've come in and played well. I think you'll see more in the run game this week than last week. I want to see Green Bay put themselves in a position to create favorable matchups on both sides of the ball. I want to see, I want to see them take advantage. I want to see them put Jeff Janice in a crosser. I, I, one of the the bits in my thread about the game, Hunley completed a ball to Jeff Janice, much to the delight of Janice fans everywhere. And although I don't think Janice it will ever be a high-level NFL player, or even maybe a, a, a serviceable NFL player, he can get open on crossing routes. And if Hunley fires him the ball on time, he might have had a touchdown. He doesn't, it's a first down instead of six. And that's the difference in in Good quarterback play and subpar quarterback play. I thought Hundley certainly played better than his numbers. The two picks were inexcusable. Kendricks is open on that on that Harrison Smith interception in the red zone. He's open. And Hundley's just way late. Way late. But there's a couple times when Hundley shows flashes. I mean, there was a play. He, he motioned Jamal Williams back into the backfield for, for protection. Good thing he did because a twist came. Jamal Williams picked it up. Brett Hundley makes a stick throw to the outside, Michael Clark just drops it. I think Hundley has done enough to stay. I think he should be the backup next year. But I don't think they should pack up, pass up the opportunity to draft someone. If if there's someone that they like, go get him. I still think Hundley could could be serviceable in a backup role. I mean, that was an exhibition roster. And they still had a position late to to make the game interesting. I think the idea that this roster is somehow garbage without Aaron Rodgers, just, just totally misses the point about how important a quarterback is and how much better he makes the guys around him and how differently you build your team with a guy like that. And we're going to have plenty of time for all those discussions in the offseason, especially if if a move is made anywhere in, in the Packers organizational structure. If you're like me, you're you're feeling a little lighter in the wallet after the holiday season, you need a little holiday cash, MyBookie is the place to score some holiday cash on your sports predictions. The NFL season may be coming to an end, but there's still college football, basketball, hockey, and you can score big on it every day. Play the money line, play a side, play the total. There's all sorts of ways that you can use MyBookie live, in-game betting, and they have the fastest payouts. Where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on, so go to MyBookie.ag. It's the only site that I would recommend. I trust them. And you can enter the promo code LOCKED ON for up to a 50% deposit bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. This episode is brought to you by Shell
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: We found out yesterday Jason Spriggs has a dislocated kneecap that is gruesome it sucks, obviously, for him, and it's still somehow better than what it could have been, what it was feared to be, and that's a torn ACL because he could have missed the entire offseason and into the season, probably would have been on PUP, probably would not have been ready until at least midseason or later, and that is a huge blow to his development because he was someone that was playing better, still inconsistent is figuring out as he goes. I think this is very similar to the quarterback development problem that I've discussed with Brett Hundley. Offensive linemen, because practice is not live, and because they they practice so infrequently in pads, it's so hard to develop these guys. And so it really is amazing what the Packers have been able to do, drafting and developing guys like David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor. I mean, Lane Taylor was a guy who was was seeing field snaps two, three years ago, and I'm going, what are we watching? What are they doing? What is happening? What, what am I watching? Why is he out there? And he's developed into a solid player for them. I mean, they take Corey Lindsley on day three of the draft, and he comes in right away and plays for them. And I think you can look at Lucas Patrick or Justin McRae. If they needed Them to come in and play extended time at guard or at right tackle, you're going to trust those guys to do it. I mean, the pass rush was not the problem on Saturday night. Brett Hundley was clean. David Bakhtiari manhandled Everson Griffin. Daniel Hunter was a non factor in the pass rush. What they've been able to do there is incredible. And Jason Spriggs hasn't had as much time. He's been hurt. He's going to deal with this other injury now. He needs time to develop. And so the fact that he's going to be ready for OTAs, that he'll be able to go through that offseason, get that offseason work, that is a huge boon for him. And I think Lucas Patrick and Justin McRae have played their way onto this roster. Now, what what does Green Bay do with Jari Evans? I don't know. I think he I think he's played well enough, certainly played well enough to earn another contract. The extent of it and the, and the money that that they're willing to pay him, I don't know. I think they might be happy just saying, Justin McRae, this is your job now. You're our right guard. He's played well enough that, that that could be a thing. Lucas Patrick, too. I mean, the, the amount of times that Green Bay has had to go to backup offensive linemen, Kyle Murphy not included. It, it's weird because I, coming into the season, I thought Kyle Murphy would be the most reliable backup offensive lineman, and he ended up being the least. All of the other guys have come in and played better than him. And, and it's not totally fair because he played against Seattle in week one. You play Michael Bennett and Frank Clark and, and Cliff Averill and most offensive tackles are going to have a problem. And then you have to go to Atlanta in the Dome and you got to worry about their edge rushers. And then you got to go to Cincinnati and they have a good defense. And so it's just, it, it, all, it all snowballs, but the other guys played well. And so that's going to be, I think that's going to factor into how Green Bay approaches the draft. I've been saying that I think they're going to go offensive tackle or edge rusher in the first round. And maybe, maybe you just run it all back and you say, if we have an injury, I'm fine with Justin McCray at tackle. I'm fine with Lucas Patrick at guard. I'm fine with, you know, you bring Jari Evans back on a reasonable deal and maybe they don't have to draft or at least use a high pick on another offensive lineman. I think a receiver is is the bigger question. Is Trevor Davis an NFL receiver? I think he's an explosive punt returner. He still makes... Too many questionable decisions returning punts. But he is explosive with the ball in his hand. Nelson is hurt now. Jordy, Geronimo Allison dealing with an injury, might not play. It might be Brett Hundley throwing at Trevor Davis, Michael Clark, and and Jeff Janis. This will be an, ev- an evaluation. Maybe Jeff Janis is valuable enough on special teams as a punt gunner that they can bring him back. Maybe a team is going to be interested in, in taking a flyer on his upside And seeing what he can do at receiver. Obviously, Green Bay doesn't feel comfortable with him. I know there's a lot of Packer fans who feel like he needs to see more time on the field. Aaron Rodgers obviously doesn't trust him. Maybe that's warranted. Maybe it's not. But I'll be interested to see how these receivers look against this secondary. And how Brett Hundley is able to get them the ball. There's going to be no excuses for drops. No cold hands. Pristine indoor conditions against a team that that cares just as much about winning and losing as you do, which is not very much. Everyone's trying to win a job. I think you, play, you have to play the young players because they're the ones most motivated here. They're the ones whose jobs are on the line. Jeff Janis is playing for a job. Jeff Janis is paying for someone to pay him like an NFL receiver because Green Bay's not going to do it. They're going to pay him like a, a punt gunner, which is what he is for them. And that's it. We will do one more Friday show of the year. I figure it's the last Friday, so we should do a show. It won't be long, and we'll just get you up to date on who's going to play, who's not going to play, if it matters, why it might matter, and we'll be able to turn our focus to the offseason. There will be shows next week in the new year, and we will uh, I'll give you updates as we're, as we're able to discuss – what the schedule is going to look like how often we're going to do shows moving forward that may change on a week-to-week basis um my goal is to is to give you some level of of both a free agent view and, a, and an nfl view writ large we're gonna to have to talk about the playoff games because they matter but i, I also want to provide some insight on uh, draft picks and I, i'm gonna have you know the guys who follow this stuff closely i i am very much in the weeds with the draft. I have already started watching prospects taking notes. I've got a nerdly amount of uh, of spreadsheets and Google Docs full of notes and, and grades and all kinds of things. And so we certainly will will get deep into that, into free agency as guys get signed and, and the ripple effects around the league and what that's going to mean. So there's still going to be plenty to discuss. The NFL is a year-round sport, and this is a year-round podcast. Which means, you know, you know what it means. We're almost a full season through it. You know what it means. It means you stay locked on Packers.